Returning to the program is our sports correspondent, Mr. Sean Minton. Welcome back, Sean. Shouldn't I be getting paid if I'm your official <laughs> sports correspondent? I'm afraid to note we are a community-based station, college station, and we really have no funds. That explains the paper plates, I guess. <laughs> but uh, don't think we don't appreciate the donations you make <laughs> when you appear on our show. <laughs> Can I write this off then? Is this a tax write-off? I believe so. There you go. Okay, you're making a charitable donation. I'm happy then. I'll uh, I'll figure this out with my accountant later. Excellent, excellent. You see, there's value in this. <laughs> of course, besides that of educating the the public. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, I had I had a quote book here, the 776 stupidest things ever said, and I was I was quite stunned by the fact that an awful lot of these were said by sports figures. Does that surprise you? doesn't surprise me because you have to kind of remember the atmosphere they've got usually before or after a game you've got anywhere from a dozen to 15 or 16 reporters surrounding you and uh, <laughs> you know basically listening to your every recipe word. for disaster I, you know i know people admire some of these athletes but in the locker rooms that i've been in they are some of the biggest morons that you would ever want to meet and they say some of the stupid most of the stupid stupid stuff mm -hmm. never never you never ever hear it well so it has it, to be stupid and kind of in a way memorable does it not well no because you have to remember that when you're covering these teams uh if you put something on that's uh you know that would really put them in a bad light uh, that may come back to haunt you in terms of maybe not getting your press credentials the next time you want to go to a game. So we used to just take the goofiest stuff, and we used to just cut it up and, and listen to it ourselves because we could never put it on the air. But um, Boy, you know, I wouldn't, what, what I wouldn't get for one of those segments right now. You know, if I could ever dig them up, uh, yeah, I've, I've got digital tape of Isaiah Ryder and uh, Ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace, a lot of the Blazers who... Uh, when I was there, they were known as the jailblazers because they were getting into trouble all the time. So getting a quote from those guys was just money in the bank. <laughs> well, okay, I got some quotes here. I just want to run past to see what you think. It seems that a lot of sports guys uh, kind of project their viewpoint of religion oh, into what's going on. And, and I noticed... Sports is the perfect place to talk about your religious beliefs. Right. And, and uh, quoting Barry Rice here, he's the football player for evangelist Jerry Falwell's Liberty University, who said, if Jesus were a football player, he'd play fair. He'd play clean, but he'd put the guy across the line on his butt. I think that's rather speculative, don't you think? Well, uh, from the pictures that I've seen of our Lord and Savior, uh, my guess is he would probably be a, a cornerback. Um, I can't, Wide receiver, I, I can't maybe. see him being a guard or tackle. No, not on the line. I'm going to get in trouble. You know what? When it comes judgment day, I'm in a lot. So you're the guy who said I'd be a cornerback, eh? I'm bigger than you thought, huh? I think the corners are pretty tough position, speed position. They are. Maybe he'd be a, maybe he'd be a punter or a kicker. But can you imagine what his average would be? In a similar vein, Dick Balderson, general manager of the Seattle Mariners, said, I can't perceive God being on the mound in the ninth and saying a loss is the way it should be. I perceive him as being an individual who would beat you any way he can, as long as it's within the rules. <laughs> 
God pitching on the mound. You know, I, all I can see is a is a perfect game every time. I, I, I can't imagine him coming in in relief. I'm sorry. I can't picture that. ERA 0.00. Lefties, righties, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Pretty much 81 strikes, right? Exactly. <laughs> three strikes, next. Three minimum, strikes, Exactly. Next. Just minimum nine, nine pitches every inning. Fastest games you'd ever want to go to. I see him as playing, you know, both offense and defense. Yeah. Don't you think he would also know what pitch is coming for the most part? I mean, Roger Clemens up there going, uh, should I throw a slider exactly. fast? It doesn't matter. I know what you, I knew what you were going to throw like five years ago. Okay. I know all I see all. So I just don't think it's right to picture, picture the Lord in a baseball game. You know, if you watch the Simpsons, you kind of know what he looks like already. So. But then I'm watching a football game or you're watching a sporting event and the players on the side of the field are like holding hands in prayer preliminary to the field goal attempt. I, the question is, is the Lord really up there pondering as to who has the most merit as to whether it's going to go through the uprights or not? Depends on who his money's on, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> What's the spread? <laughs> I mean, afterwards, the, the game's over, and they'll do like a ring of guys are kneeling, mm-hmm. and, and they're they're thanking the Lord. I just I just have a hard time envisioning the deity who's really concerned about like the Packers Steelers game. It's pretty interesting if you think about it. These guys for sixty minutes have gone out and absolutely beat the crap out of each other. Uh, we were talking about some of the quotes that you read off the air about, um, you know, if a guy's mouth isn't bubbling with blood, then I haven't done my job or things <laughs> like that. These are guys that literally go out in their intent is not necessarily to hurt somebody, but they know that that is a, a risk that they take during the game. And then you're right. I mean, after the game, if, if people watch football, um, players from both sides go to the middle of the field, they kneel in prayer, and maybe they just thank the Lord that you know their, their kneecaps are still in place. I don't know. On the other hand, to think about it, it is nice to have this sort of representative combat out there in the field, people can sort of root for a side. And it's a lot better than like, say, rooting for your village going in and like murdering everyone in the next village, <laughs> stealing the women and children and, you know, and the food. Well, all the terms in football are based on war terms. You know, you've got, <laughs> you think about it, there's the there's the bomb and- Sounds and, like a, a George Carlin routine. Baseball is like, a, it's like a, you're running home, you're coming home. And football is a battle fought on the gridiron between, you know, opposing forces and- you know, the guy who has the greatest sports quotes of all time is probably Yogi Berra. I mean, anytime that guy shot his mouth off, something funny came out of it. Later in life, after he got done playing baseball and managing and all that, he made a ton of money just basically mimicking himself in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, and I think as, as Yogi himself said, you know, a lot of those things I said, I didn't say. <laughs> but he was, he was great with that kind of stuff. And that was at a time when the reporters actually protected the players a lot. When they said something stupid or did something stupid, like with Mickey Mantle, everybody knew that the guy drank like a fish, but nobody ever reported it because the reporters respected that. Nowadays, a guy takes a, you know, a shot of Jack Daniels, and it's in every newspaper. Or maybe a big shot of Balco steroids. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we should talk about that too. But I'm looking at some of the book, trying to find the. I know there's a Yogi Berra section here. I, I don't know. I can't find it. Ninety percent of this game is half mental. That was one that he said. He said when the, at the pizza joint, someone asked him, "You wanted me to cut this in six slices or eight? And he says, "You better make it six. I don't think I can eat eight. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't. I don't, I don't think he really that's said that. That's great. <laughs> I don't think he said that. <laughs> Yogi Bear on the popularity of, of a given restaurant. He says, "Well, no, nobody goes there anymore. It's it's too busy. It's too full." Or, <laughs> Let's talk steroids. Let's talk about Barry Bonds. Does he deserve an asterisk after his uh, his entry into the record books? 
You know, I think, Doug, until he gets caught, everything is legit. How caught does he need to get? I'm just saying. (laughs) The guy has gone through multiple... I'm not saying he didn't do it. (laughs) The book, everything... Hear me out. Everything points to the fact that this guy has been on steroids since about 1998. Okay. Maybe 2000 at the latest. But... He has to take drug tests throughout the year. Now, I know that he's probably using designer steroids that can bypass these tests, but until the guy, first of all, he, he, he won't admit that he's done it. So he's either he either hasn't done it or he's a liar. <laughs> and there has not been oh, a... Yes, yes. And there's not been a single test out there that has shown positively that he is taking steroids. So until... He actually takes a test, or we hear something out of that grand jury testimony that specifically implicates him as someone who took steroids. I'm not. Everybody knows he did it. It's the worst yeah. kept secret. But he he hasn't been busted on it yet. Oh. So so how can you put an asterisk next to his name until it is absolutely 100% proven? Well, I'm tempted to say at this point, OJ guilty or not guilty? But no, no, no. Let me just let me just leapfrog right over that. Let let let's okay. I'm watching Pumping Iron. Okay. There's been Arnold Schwarzenegger has bought the rights to it. I know the movie well. Very interesting. We made Arnold Schwarzenegger a household name. Took yep. the sport of bodybuilding from being very weird to really sort of mainstreaming it, and launched his movie career. Which and, bodybuilding contests are you watching? What do you mean? I, mainstream? I think that's stretching it a bit. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe you're right. It's not mainstream, but it made it sort of like where people didn't think of it as like that's really screwball. Mm-hmm. Before okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, bodybuilders were thought of as a very odd, well, a very odd. Today bunch. they're all Nobel Prize winners. <laughs> all right, but but you know what I mean. Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of became the Muhammad Ali of bodybuilding, and he mm-hmm. and a lot no, of, it, agree. Lot of it came from the film Pumping Iron. Right. So Arnold has bought the rights to it. It disappeared for a long time. It's now available on DVD with some additional footage they show. Some of all this George Butler shot hundreds of hours. And um, I noticed that Arnold, and there's a, there's even a third additional thing on the DVD, as they'll give you all this extra material, where Arnold was explaining about how they did some of this stuff in the movie. And people ask him, was I, was I smoking a joint after one of the competitions? And uh, he admits later... Yes, I was. <laughs> and I inhaled, not like some people, which I thought, which really endears you to the guy. I mean, you have to laugh and say, well, yeah, that's better than the usual politicians out there. On the other hand, he talks about bodybuilding and says, well, now at the competitions that we have, of course, we test for steroids all the time. These could be done on two days' notice. And so, uh, you know, the bodybuilders out there now know that we're testing. Giving the reader, giving the viewer the impression that, you know, it's been cleaned up and now steroids is no longer a part of bodybuilding, which is the most crazy thing I've ever thought Well, that's of. not true because they actually have divisions for all natural and I don't know if they call it enhanced or what, but there's actually a division where um, it's bodybuilders who take, yes. you know, they yeah. don't take the creatine, they don't, they don't do anything other than lift weights. Yes, but if you talk to bodybuilders, they will laugh. They will laugh at the idea of Frank Zane being named Mr. Natural because they go, oh yeah, yeah, he, was, he won the Mr. Natural bodybuilding contest. We knew him as the doctor <laughs> <laughs> because of his knowledge of all the steroids he was taking. Yeah, uh, you know the only bodybuilder I can think of is Lou Ferrigno. Can you name another one? Well, I just watched the the movie, so it's not fair. Well, the, uh, the steroid, you know, Franco Colombo. That's true. And then there's Tony Atlas, right? Charles. That's Charles, Charles Atlas. Atlas. He was Tony. a 
Using the comic books of our youth. We're That's really right. dating ourselves. We are, aren't we? On the back where the guy's getting sand Hey, that on guy, him. that man is the worst nuisance on the beach. <laughs> we are. We're really digressing here. Yes, but we are. Back to the point on the steroids. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yes, there are ways to get around this. You remember there was a uh, Ontario Smith who was actually from, I believe he's from Northern California. Sacramento. Played for the Minnesota Vikings yeah. and got caught with a fake penis called the Wizenator because he had failed two drug tests. If he failed one more, he was going to get kicked out of the league. So he had this. I did not know this story. Yeah. Oh, this happened last summer. The Wizenator? He got, he act, they actually found it in his <laughs> luggage when he was traveling. You mean they would say, as you do, you'd say, do it right in front of me. That's a doctor the way, then observes you. you. That's what they have to do. You then urinate right in front into the cup, and the way around that is to use a fake penis? That's exactly right. And they wow. actually have different shades of colors for those penises, and I'm, I'm not well, even kidding. Well, let's face it. If Ontario Smith had whipped out your standard <laughs> pink item, it would have been a dead giveaway. I say this as a physician. Okay, I, and I respect that as a uh, as a non-patient of yours. But that you know, that's the length that people are going to now. And now, well, but yes, but I mean, the idea that Arnold can, with a straight face, look into the camera and say, "Well, these days now in bodybuilding, of course, we test for steroids," and everyone, every human being in the field of biology who looks at one of those Flex magazines, knows that there is no way human beings can look like that without <laughs> massive uses of anabolic steroids. It's not possible. Well, you have to remember, Arnold is very good these days at looking into the camera and saying things that aren't true, so I don't think that's such a stretch. Well, I guess it's pretty universal that politicians are known for <laughs> bending the truth a little. Some more than others. <laughs> uh, but let's get back to Barry Bonds. Uh, Obviously, it's possible to get by on a drug test. These bodybuilders are doing it. Professional sports players all over the map are doing this. They've figured out a way to get designer drugs that don't get picked up on the tests. They're very, you know, they've got the, probably the best pharmacologic minds that for hire, you know, on, on the task, and they're doing a great job. Yes. But, but how can there be any doubt? I'm not saying that there's doubt. I'm just saying that until they actually take a urine test or some blood test, but that, they can't. That clearly they, they, shows. But they, but they found. But he's a, still being tested. He's st as a major they, league they baseball player. They can test him from they, now till kingdom come, and the drugs he's using are not turning positive. That these guys are one step ahead of the testing facilities. Well, ultimately, I, Barry's going to, you know, his records at what he's eight or nine away from Ruth, and he's got Aaron probably this year, next year. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, of course he did it. I mean, we could go back to the OJ analogy. <laughs> of course he did it, but they haven't proven it yet. There's not hard proof other than I helped him inject. I supplied him with the steroids. I put together his schedule. I told him which of the mixes to put together. That's, that's what they have right now, and, <laughs> and that's all at this point circumstantial. I mean, if I'm standing there with a smoking gun and I say to you, I didn't shoot the guy. Nobody saw me shoot him. Come on. Well, there you have it. We all, I guess, have different standards of proof. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, by this standards, um, Pete Rose, there's still room for doubt? <laughs> That, what, that he took steroids? <laughs> no, that he bet on baseball games. No, we all know that uh, that he bet on baseball. Well, no, he denied it for like 10, 15 straight years. He finally admitted it, what, last year on a book tour? Or? Yeah, the only reason he admitted it, fine. well, he, he admitted it for two reasons. One, 
the day before his uh, second book was going to come out, he got on Good Morning America and finally fessed up and said that he did it. And secondly, they always knew he'd bet on bet on sports, but he actually bet on his own team when, when he, he was, was the, the manager. manager of the Reds. Right. He he bet on his own team, but he said he never bet against his team. <laughs> so I don't know how. No, I'm just kidding. You can't argue with that. And the other thing is, well, that's what he said. Since he's been lying about everything else, he said up till now. Yeah, they have logs and logs of of the. He bet. I mean, he would bet on two people walking across the street. Yeah. This, this guy he's a true had, gambling addict. He had a real problem. Yeah. But the other reason he did it is because you know he really wants to get into the Hall of Fame. And he thought by finally admitting it, maybe the sports writers and the people that do that might soften up a little bit. But every time I hear one of those people that actually have a vote yeah. talk about it, they say that there's just no way because he didn't have any remorse when he did it. He right. basically said, no, he didn't. You know what? I did do it. Okay. Let me talk about my book. Right. So, you know, how can you love a guy like that? Plus he was a horrible father, but that's a story for another day. And, you know, it was just kind of, I think about this idea in sports that you want to be a tough competitor and all that, but you know, Taking out a guy during an all-star game, Pete Rose, famous episode, sliding into home. He didn't slide. He he basically plowed Ray Fossey down. (laughs) No slide. And you can see, you know, you're right. It's supposed to be an exhibition game. But but what's really interesting about that, if you watch Ray Fossey, is he gets the ball and he turns. And he's almost in a relaxed. He isn't bracing himself like he should be. And Rose just came in and just. And after that, Ray Fossey was never the same. I mean, as as a player, as a person, that really wiped him out. Yeah, I remember I went to a, a, a Reds game against the Giants. This is the 1960s. And I'm watching, and Pete Rose is the leadoff hitter for the Reds. And he walks. And as I'm watching, he tosses the bat down and runs to first. And I thought, did I miss something? I looked around like, what? what, what, what? And he's at first. I'm like, what happened? What just happened? And like, oh, he ran to first. He, he Like, he does that. And I'm like, what a jerk. He probably bet somebody that he'd run to first. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I never got into Charlie Hustle, and you know, I'm kind of glad he's not going to get into the, the hall. Yeah, he's not a likable character, and he's not somebody that you have much empathy for because he never admitted anything that he did wrong. And I, I mentioned before, you know, his, his son played baseball. He was just, you know, he cheated on his wife. He has like 9,000 kids. He's just not a good guy. There's a lesson for you, dear listener. You want to get in hand in life, don't be a cheater because cheaters never prosper. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> well, that's the lesson I'm sticking to. All right, you, you stick to your guns, Doug. I'll stick to mine. Sean, always a pleasure. I hope you'll come back again and talk to us soon. You bet. Thanks. Sean Mitten, former sports radio personality in Seattle and Portland.